Good morning, everyone. This is Monique, and happy Winning Wednesday. I hope your Wednesday is off to a great start so far. Welcome to A Date with Destiny. This podcast was designed with young people in mind. We are here to equip, encourage, and empower young people in mind, body, and soul. It's a place where amazing things happen. So thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, we're talking about the importance of stickability. And you also hear some inspiring, um, inspirational testimonies by three young people. And um, I know you'll be blessed um, as you hear those testimonies. So let's get started. So the importance of stickability. While everyone wants to succeed in life, so many times after a setback or when things don't turn out like we wanted, we get discouraged and quit pursuing the dreams in our heart. If we want to be successful at anything or at any endeavor that you set out to do, we must stick with our goals, plans, and vision when we don't see progress and stick with them even when the results exceed our expectations. We simply must have stickability. Anyone can start, but it takes someone determined, committed, and disciplined to continue. If you have a goal, a dream, a vision, you have to stick to it until it happens. Listen, listen to these statistics. 90% of all first-time businesses fail. 90% of all second-time businesses succeed. 80% of all people never try a second time. Two professors from Stanford University and the University of Michigan studied 2.8 million small businesses over 21 years. They discovered that the more times someone failed in business, even three or four times, the greater their chances for success the next time. Listen to this story about a guy named Milton. Milton dropped out of school in the fourth grade. He took an apprenticeship with a printer only to be fired. He became an apprentice to a candy maker in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He started a candy company in Chicago. It failed miserably. He started a candy company in New York. Again, it failed. But he was not about to give up. He stayed glued to his vision. He had stickability. Milton moved back to Lancaster and began the Lancaster Caramel Company. His unique caramel recipe was a huge success, but he believed that chocolate products had a much greater future than caramel. He sold the Lancaster Caramel Company for $1 million in 1900 and started a chocolate company called the Hershey Company. Milton Hershey was glued to his vision. He had stickability. One more important fact, Milton Hershey used a great deal of his wealth to build houses, churches, and schools to benefit the lives of others. Sticking to your dreams isn't just for you. 
it's so you can be a blessing to others. And if you've ever felt unqualified, unworthy, or uneducated, just know that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Just because you've had a setback, you've quit too many times before, or didn't get the results you were hoping for last time, don't quit. Do it again and keep at it. Just keep going. Your breakthrough will come when you develop a determined consistency. God has placed desires in our hearts for a reason. And when we have stickability, they will become a reality. I hope you was encouraged um, by stickability, the importance of having that stickability, wherever it is that you, you know, have in your heart and your mind to set out to do, just have that stickability. Stick to, stick to your glue and just keep at it. No matter how many times again, like uh, Milton had failed at this, he failed at that, but he just kept up, kept on going and kept on going until that dream came true. So have stickability when it comes to your dreams and goals. And now, just be blessed and inspired as you listen to these uh, three young people's testimonies. Um, the first one you'll hear is Jaylene Hinkle. Uh, her story is about a controversial decision that threatens her soccer career and how she was determined to obey God. And then you'll hear Jennifer McGrill, who was a shining star on the Mickey Mouse Club. Hear her testimony of how God filled that empty void on the inside of her and make her dreams come alive again. And then you'll hear NBA champion James McAdoo how he shows determination through his basketball journey. So be blessed as you listen to these testimonies, and I'll be right back. Star defender for the North Carolina Courage professional soccer team, Jaylene Hinkle has always found her place on the field. It's just like this identity that starts to become a part of you, and especially in college, like you're a student athlete. It always was with you. Jaylene's love for the game started on the youth soccer fields of Denver, Colorado. Raised in a Christian home, she learned about her identity in Christ and committed her life to Jesus when she was 12. At that age, I was like, okay, I'm starting to connect the dots, and I want to see where this takes me. Like, I want to find out who God is. But as a teenager going into high school, she was more concerned about becoming a better soccer player and making friends. I don't think I ever hesitated or doubted my faith. Yeah, I like know that I'm like good and like the Lord created me, but it's like I want to fit in. Jaylene had a stellar high school career, earning a full ride to Texas Tech University. There, she thrived on and off the field, and even continued going to church. But now, everyone knew her only as Jaylene, the soccer player. And again, she found herself caught between two worlds. And like on paper, I was doing really well, but like inside, it's just like. I'm kind of miserable right now. I mean, there was Saturdays where you'd go out and you would hang out with your friends and you're partying. And then I'm like, I have church tomorrow morning. And then I'm in church and I'm like, what did I just do Saturday night? Like, just those like wrestles of like, I want to fit in here, but I also want to fit in here. But where do I actually fit? Then her lifelong dream came within reach. Her coach told her she had the talent to go pro if she wanted. 
I was like, well, yeah, I want to go to the next level. I feel like I've always wanted to go to the next level. It just always seemed like if that was an option, that I would want to do it. But going into the spring season of her junior year, Jaylene began having excruciating sharp pain in her left leg. An MRI revealed she had an extensive blood clot, prompting doctors to perform exploratory surgery. Because it, your vein is 80% close, so you're not getting any blood flow. The fact that it's that close, we can't get our tools in there. So our next step would be in the second surgery, if it doesn't open overnight, somehow on the blood thinners that they'd already put me on, um, their next step was to put a stent in. And he's like, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but if we had to put a stent in, you can't play sports. You can't play contact sports. It's you being hit could internally cause bleeding. Like it would be life threatening at that point. The one place where people were telling me identity was that was about to be taken away. And I was just, everything just came crashing down. Jaylene, along with her parents, turned to God in prayer. The first thing that my mom said to me was, we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray all night long. I know that you have the power either way this goes, and I'm not trying to make a deal with you, but, like, if you allow me to play soccer, like, this is going to be for you. I think at that point, too, I pretty much was, like, this internal battle of the Lord of, like, please don't take this from me. morning after Jaylene's second operation, the doctor spoke with the Hinkles. There's no reason it shouldn't have happened, but he was like, your vein was completely open. And he was like, for it to go 80% to completely open, he was like, I am not one to believe in God, but like, you have gotten a miracle. Like, you got your miracle. Jaylene made a full recovery and committed all in on her faith. Yeah, it was like, no, there's no turning back after that one. I wanted to know everything and anything about the Lord. After a successful senior year, Jaylene was called up into nationals and began playing for the Women's Professional League. Then in 2017, she was invited to play for America in two international friendlies games. When you honestly take a second and like step back and almost have like that outer body experience of just, I'm being invited to play the game I love for my country. There's an emblem of the U.S. flag on your chest. Like, that's huge. Then, days before the event, it was announced that the team jersey was designed to honor the LGBT community. Jaylene again turned to God. I just felt so convicted in my spirit that it wasn't my job to wear this jersey. And I gave myself um, three days to just seek and pray and determine what he was asking of me to do in the situation. In the face of opposition and social media backlash, Jaylene withdrew from the games with the support of her teammates. I'm essentially giving up the, the one dream little girls dream about their entire life, and I'm saying no to. It was very disappointing. And I think that's where the peace trumps the disappointment, because I knew in my spirit I was doing the right thing. I knew that I was being obedient. And like, just because you're obedient doesn't make it easy. Today, she plays for the NC Courage of the National Women's Soccer League, where she boldly proclaims her faith and identity in Christ. I don't question his goodness. Like, I know he's good. I know he's faithful. And if 
I never get a national team call up again. Like, that just is part of his plan, and that's okay. And maybe this was why you were meant to play soccer. Just to show other believers, like, to be obedient. Jill was a shining star on the new Mickey Mouse Club. She had already won many pageants and talent competitions as a small child. Then at 11, she auditioned with thousands of other eager kids to be a Mouseketeer. Our phone was in the kitchen, and so everybody could hear my mother's reaction wherever you were in the house. We were both jumping up and down and screaming, and I'm like, Mom, really, really? What does this mean? We didn't even know what it meant. We just knew I got the job. We didn't understand that it was going to be a whole life change, that we were going to move to Orlando, that this was going to be a job that really would last over seven years. Throughout those seven years on the show, Jennifer performed with several budding stars, such as Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake, and Ryan Gosling. My favorite little guy was Justin. <laughs> and I can call him little because, you know, we're about three years apart, and when I met him, he was probably a foot shorter than I was. He was 13, and I was 16. During high school and her last years on the show, Jennifer began to experience the cruel realities of show business production had secretly asked me not to gain any more weight. And that really did traumatize me, both in the moment, but also over time, I couldn't let go of this idea that I wasn't as valuable because I didn't look like the other girls. And I started understanding that in this particular showbiz world, it didn't matter how well I sang, or maybe even how cute my face was, if my body did not measure up to this standard that all these other girls were, were meeting, I had a problem, and over the years, that did not go away. Jennifer had been a Christian since she was eight years old and never had her faith in God tested before. When I was coming out of high school and going into college, I knew God loved me, and I journaled a lot about my hopes and dreams and how I had faith that God had things under control, but I wasn't recognizing the negativity in my life as lies. I thought it was true. Sometimes I'd hear from my manager, can you lose a size or can you lose 20 pounds? And I'm thinking, gosh, I'm, I'm 21 and this is the smallest I've ever been. I just, at that point, thought that he was just the big, the big God and he had a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, maybe he wasn't working on this right now. Maybe I had to wait or maybe it wasn't going to happen. I had a lot of doubt. That doubt and low self-esteem continued. But Jennifer still pursued a career as a recording artist. Producers rejected her telling her she sounded too old, or that she was too articulate. It's just the craziest thing that you go get educated, and you, you work on your craft, and then you're told that you're kind of too good at stuff <laughs> to be a pop artist. I mean, what does that say about pop artists? Jennifer found work in musical theater. She thrived on the live performances. I was addicted to the attention of an audience. I was addicted to the attention of the world that I didn't know how to get. But then when we walked off the stage, I would just start questioning, you know, well, was my dress, you know, slimming enough? You know, how did the other girls do? When I went home, my addiction switched to food and men. I craved male attention. I craved ice cream and chips. <laughs> um, and I would yo-yo both romantically and physically, you know, and I just could not make myself happy. So if I couldn't do it in the public eye, I was going to go out in my private life to the bars and become a rock star. So alcohol happened. And for the first time, when I drank, I felt more confident and I felt more relaxed. And, and you know, then more and more giving myself away happened. 
And so it was really just me in the world for a time. And during my darkest times when I was making all of my choices and really not listening to God at all um, and not caring really what happened to me and thinking that I was dead inside, I met a man and he asked me to marry him and I said yes just because he asked. Six months later, she found out he was already married to another woman. Jennifer had the marriage annulled. That was the wake-up call. I was embarrassed that I was so unhappy and so depressed and I had married a married man. And I'm 30 and I settled and I did it wrong. That was the moment or the moments where I realized I was a shell of Jennifer. And all of the original purpose and reason why God made me started flooding back. It's like I could hear him calling to me again. And I think it's because I had let so much go. I think that I had just cleared so much and isolated myself to the point where all I could hear was him. And so I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, I've done everything wrong. I've chosen poorly. Um, I have gotten myself into this mess. This is my fault. This is not anybody else's. My responsibility. I do not ever want to make a decision without you again. And I said, I give my heart back to you. And I'm not going to ask you for anything but to rescue me from this situation and put me into somewhere that I can heal, I can get closer to you, and I can have a job that glorifies you. I didn't ask to sing. I didn't ask for some sort of superstar or anything. I said, you know, I'll go anywhere and serve food or serve others however I need to as long as you're in the center of my life. It was that simple. After her decision, Jennifer knew it was time to make some other changes in her life. Very quickly, I left where I was living. I moved to Orlando. I was among friends. I was with my dad. I mean, I was taken care of. And within a month, I had a job at a church and a job with Holy Land Experience. What I love about where God placed me right after I rededicated my heart to him is that I got to be in a familiar place. I used to call the stage. Now I call the platform. Today, Jennifer's platform is her new music. Her debut album is entitled Unbreakable. This whole album is about restoration, about healing and power and strength through the love of God. How you are not alone. He is with you on the battlefield spiritually. And if we can just tap into that and believe that and have that faith, you're on your way to an unbreakable life too with God. Jennifer remarried in 2016. She and her husband Jeff live in Tennessee. Jennifer still loves to perform, and she loves to share what Jesus Christ did for her. I don't think it was a mistake that my first love was singing. And I think that I distorted it, and I allowed the world to distort that dream for most, if not over half of my life. And Jesus gave my dreams back to me. Jesus brought the music back to my life, but I have my joy back too because of Jesus.
just thankful, you know, because we know that, you know, this opportunity that we have, it's not something that comes along every day. James became a Christian at an early age. Though he came from a long line of great basketball players, he says he didn't want his identity to come solely from basketball. You know, the biggest thing for me is just always realizing that no matter what, my faith in God is how I want to be identified. After James graduated from Norfolk Christian High School in Virginia, he went on to play for the University of North Carolina with dreams of leading his team to the Final Four, a national championship, and going into the NBA. But he decided to cut his college career short after his junior year. You played three seasons. Yeah. You opt out of your senior year. You decide, you know, I'm going to forego my senior year into the NBA draft. Yeah. But then you're not drafted. Yeah. How did that affect you? It was tough. Honestly, I can tell you when I look back, leaving the University of North Carolina after my junior year was a pretty selfish decision. And obviously, after I didn't get drafted, you know, I honestly, I can tell you I wasn't surprised. Maybe not surprised, but he was disappointed and embarrassed. It all came out, you know, on ESPN, on live television, that, you know, I went undrafted, this guy that was, you know, this top group coming out. And, you know, it pretty much was a pretty tough pill to swallow. Just after the draft, while at home in Norfolk, James received a call from his agent. Obviously, I get a phone call from my agent, and he's basically saying, like, obviously, this is how we saw this night going, you know, but, you know, we have opportunities on the table for Summer League, so now I'm like, okay, this is what it's going to look like. Obviously, I would have to go to Summer League, perform well enough there to earn a training camp invite. After showing off his skill in the NBA Summer League, James got an invite to attend the Golden State Warriors training camp, but there was one caveat. If he didn't make the team, he'd be sent down to the D-League, the liners of the NBA. A lot of NBA prospects, that stories about the D-League, you know, it's a tough lifestyle. While in training camp, James began to seek God in prayer. So I'm going through training camp, and honestly, I'm praying the hardest I think I've ever prayed in my life. I'm asking God, God, please let me make this team. I've already experienced failure once with the draft. You know, it comes down to the final day of cuts. I get that call. My agent's like, you know what, I'm going to release you. Talk about just, you know, heartbreak again. Now I got to go down to the daily. But he wasn't there for long when he got a call from his agent. The Warriors were giving him another shot. And my agent called me. He's like, hey, you know, they're going to call you up for your first 10-day contract. You get two 10-day contracts before you have to sign for the rest of the year. James completed both 10-day contracts and was called up to the Warriors just in time to join their playoff run towards winning the 2015 NBA championship. What is God saying to you? Is it like a big God wing? Like, yeah, I told you. Yeah. I mean, what's he telling you? Honestly, one of those things where, you know, God just tells you, you know, like, I got you. Don't worry. Today, as the Warriors fight towards their second consecutive NBA title, James says even with all his success, he don't get it twisted. He's playing for the Lord. You know, it's easy for me to say, you know, being an NBA basketball player, but I can tell you, Money doesn't make you happy. Fame doesn't make you happy. Nothing in this world can make you happy. I could lose everything today. And honestly, I can tell you, I would still praise my Lord and say, Jesus Christ, it's tough. It's not easy. Every day, it's a tough thing to do. It's a, you know, really sold out for the Lord. But it's worth it. I promise you, it's worth it.
This is Across the Table. Whether you find yourself in a place where all of your dreams are coming true or all of them are falling apart, remember God's definition of success is often much different than what we think of as a success. Maybe you're headed to your dream college or your dream job or just or you just probably got engaged. Maybe you had an amazing plan, but instead you're faced with unemployment after graduating or you're going through a difficult breakup or just something devastating that you might be going through right now. None of those things define your success. It's easy to think you're successful if things go well. It's also easy to feel like a failure when they don't. In God's word, when the Israelites were about to enter into the promised land, God told them their success and prosperity would come from never letting go of his word and walking in his ways. That is still true for us today. God wants us to seek after his heart and dive headfirst into his word, no matter what your current situation is. We all desire to be successful and have an impact on the world around us, but you don't need a, a special platform to do that. You can start right now, wherever you're at right now. Our true success comes from how we live each moment. So we can ask God to help us live out his word wherever we find ourselves right now. Because your success story is not a play on a stage for all the world to see. But your success story is written in your heart. God is shaping you and molding you into the masterpiece that you're meant to be. He has your best interests in mind and will never, never leave your side. He can and he will deliver all that you desire and more. This has been a moment with Monique with Across the Table. Well, I hope you guys were all blessed and encouraged in your soul um, on today. And, you know, by what we had said at the top of the show about the importance of stickability when it comes to your dreams and goals, the sticking to it. And um, I hope you were encouraging your soul by those three testimonies as well um, that you heard by those young people. I know that. You know, what God done in their life, what God done in each and every one of their lives, God could do in your life as well. He's no respecter of person. He, what he does for one, he does for all. And that's the God that we serve. You know, he's an on-time God. He never let us down. He comes to, to you just right on time. You know, he meets you right there, right there in the middle of where you're at and picks you up. And hold you close to his heart and let you know that he's got you. 
And so um, I just want to leave you with some quotes right about now. And this says, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Change is the essence of life. Be willing to surrender what you are for what you could become. A hug is a great gift. One size fits all, and it's easy to exchange. Defeat may test you. It need not stop you. If at first you don't succeed, try another way. For every obstacle, there is a solution. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. The greatest mistake is giving up. Well, we've come to the end of the episode on today. And um, again, you know, um, I just hope and pray that you all were blessed and encouraged in your soul of all what you heard on today. And as always, you know, if you have an an event or um, for young people that you have happening, something that you might have every year or each month, or if you have an organization or a business meeting and you're looking for someone as a guest speaker at your event, this is my passion to encourage young people and people from all walks of life in their dreams and goals. So you can just send me an invite at bold soldiers for Christ at gmail.com. Again, that's bold soldiers for Christ at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and Twitter with the username at bold soldier girl. Again, that's Facebook, Twitter at bold soldier girl. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you and also just email me um, any comments and thoughts that you have about today's episode. Okay, I'll love to respond back to you, even read your comments on the air. So thank you so much for tuning in on today and grace, peace, love and blessings. This is Monique signing off. Catch you back next time. Love ya.